Um, you'll get the theme before too long. It won't take you too long. You'll, you'll get it. I'm not going to give it to you. I wouldn't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, last week, we said church growth is exclusive. And you're like, well, okay, that was just one point, and, and, and it almost kind of, you know, I had to kind of put it together at the end, and I said church growth is exclusive to believers. We saw that, all right? That showed up in Acts chapter 2 at the end of the book. That is, if, if you're not a believer, you're not in the church, okay? Let me clarify. You've got the church universal. That's every believer on the face of this planet, okay? Then you have local churches like Open Door Baptist Church or whatever, any other place where the gospel is being preached, okay? Um, and, and I don't, I, we're not going to get into de- denominations and any of that. None of that matters. The, 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 the universal church, the body of believers, that's made up of all kinds of denominations. There's all kinds of denominations in there. That's not just Baptists. Anybody who thinks that is out of their mind. Anybody who would tell you that it's just one church is, is crazy. Now I'll say this, you can't get into that church without believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, you personally acknowledging that you're a sinner and that he died for your sins and that you need him as your savior. That isn't how you get into this church locally, like this local church. That's how you get into the church, what, what God calls the, 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 the body of Christ. Okay? So when we're, now, when, what I'm talking about, when I talk about church growth, I'm talking about local church growth. Okay, now that can happen in a lot of ways. It might not happen numerically. After this message, it might not happen numerically. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and that's, it's, 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 it's interesting because that's actually exactly what happens as soon as, as, soon as the church starts to get a little, little pep in their step, a little traction, a little you know, uh, community. Talked about that last week, right? What did you get in Acts chapter 2? You had communism. Everybody, amen. Everybody was sharing everything and they liked it. <laughs> right? Not Soviet style. Sorry. Uh, not Chinese. You can hear some of the craziest stuff in your life out of this pulpit, really, you know? I mean, uh, amen. But that's what they did. They sold all their own stuff and then they all started living together. You said, that's what we're going to do? That's not what we're going to do. Amen. That ain't what, that's not what we're going to do. Okay? We don't have enough grace like they had. They, we don't have the spirit like they had. We just, there's a lot of things we don't have that would just prevent that from working around here. You know, we're Americans. You know? We, amen! Yeah! We think capitalism's the greatest. And I think, I'll say this. I'll go ahead and say this. Because I'm an American. I'm thankful to be an American. I know some of you are proud to be an American. I'm thankful to be an American. I'm very thankful. And I'm very thankful for the things that we have and for the opportunities that we have. I'm thankful for the things that those things afford. It's a blessing. Careful that blessings don't become curses. They do in the Bible. Things become per- curses to people. Stuff does. Um, but but I, if you think that capitalism is going to be the way that the Lord's government is ran in the, in the millennium, <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> Surprise. Amen. It's not going to be. It's going to be one king. Not going to be a democracy. Ain't nobody voting. Uh, yep, it'd be King Jesus. 
said, for how long's his term? From here on out. From here, wherever, wherever, when he sits down on that throne in Jerusalem, very literally in front of everyone, he's king. Now he's king of kings and lord of lords right now. But one day the whole world will know it. And he'll be king from that day forward. You don't get a vote. They ain't gonna have a vote. King Jesus from here on out. Not in my notes. Not didn't need to be said. Probably offended you already. But hang around. Acts chapter 4. We said it's, it's exclusive. It's exclusive to believers. We said it's exclusive in its product, and that's what we were talking about, was that it produced this, this common bond and this community and this, this thing that the world looks at and says, that would be amazing. That, that, as a matter of fact, so good that let's, let's try to have that. And they try to counterfeit it, and they can't reproduce what God produced there. So it's, it's exclusive in its product, and then it's exclusive in its source. And we said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And it's, it's the Lord that added to the church daily, excuse me, such as should be saved. And so whether the Lord's going to grow this local church or any church or any Christian, because when I talk about church growth, again, maybe we're talking about numerically, maybe we're not. Maybe we're talking about personal, individual growth and, and numerical recession. So I don't want that. I know you don't want that, but luckily the church growth is exclusive in its source, that is that it comes from the Lord. So if the, if the goal was just to get numbers around here, do you know what we would have today? Different music, a big old screen, a different message, it would be much more entertaining. I wouldn't be preaching for sure. We would get somebody else to do it. Yeah, they got to, they'd have to be way nicer than me. If we're going to grow the church numerically, you'd have to be way nicer than me. Wouldn't be able to say the things that I'm going to say today and said in Sunday school. Yeah, go look, at the, go look at how they grow them. Go take a look at the process. Go look at the things that they have to cut out and add in. So that's what we want. It's not what I want. It's not what the Lord wants. So when we're talking about church growth, we're talking about biblical church growth, not, not compromising anything and everything so that the church can grow. Ain't changing the book. Ain't changing the message. Ain't changing the music. Not going to tiptoe through the tithers. Amen. Not doing it. Not doing it. You say, well, what if, what if I leave? Bye. Brother Shemesh told this story, so it's going to be way nicer. I wish he was here to preach this. I really do. A lot of what I'm preaching here came from him. Acts chapter 4, let's read some Bible. Look at verse 31. Let's pray. Because so I'm already digging. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's pray. Father, I commit this time to you. This message, I believe with all my heart, is the message that you would have preached here today. I pray that the things that are said would be said in a right spirit, right heart, right attitude. They would come from you. You would speak them. Teach us. Change us. Make us. If your desire is to grow this church any way you want to grow it, and I believe with all my heart it is, 
um, do so in a way that would be pleasing to you, in, in a way that would, would uh, honor and magnify and glorify Jesus Christ and Him alone. Love you, Lord. Pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. A lot of times people get all kind of goofed up with that thing. You know, let's grow a church. Okay, good, great, wonderful. For what purpose? The church is to glorify Jesus Christ. So a whole bunch of people would glorify Jesus Christ sometimes. Right? You get a whole bunch of people together at a football game. Are they there to glorify Jesus Christ? You tell me. You tell me what they're there for. You tell me what they're all wound up about and fanatical. You say, you're some kind of fanatic. Yeah, you bet. Sure. There's all kind of fanatics. Some of them take their shirts off and paint their whole bodies, their co- the, team, the color of their team, and scream into the camera every time. It, it, yeah. yeah, there's fanatics for everything. You betcha. God's interested in glorifying His Son. That's what He's interested in. It's also what you and I should be interested in. That's the thing. So when we look at church growth, and when we talk about church growth, and when we consider church growth in the Bible, look, look I just all I did is begun to go through and look at the church, and this is the second thing that shows up when a big major event that happens in the church. Everybody's nervous as can be. I can see it. Everybody's just sitting there like, my goodness, man, like what are we talking about? Let's see what we're talking about. Verse 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. You with me? Okay, let's go. And when they had prayed... The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. That's what happens when you get full of the Holy Ghost. Speak the word of God with boldness. Not talking in tongues and all this other stuff, even though I can explain that to you some other time, not not today. Verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Awesome. Man, unity, right? You get to see another further glimpse of this community that they had, this communion. Where do you think you get the word communism from? Commun- a, a, a like community with communion. Do you know why the church is able to have communion where the world can't have it? Because they've got the bond of faith, they've got the bond of peace, and they've got the bond of charity. A whole bunch of things that glue them together that the world can't reproduce. The world doesn't have faith and peace like God gives and charity like God gives, okay? So when you get community and, and something like this, they've got something that glues it all together. When man tries to do it, he's trying to do it with all kind of patchwork, kind of uh, just kind of put it all together and have a government hold it together, have a ruler hold it together. Well, that will never do. Man can't hold this thing together, but God can, and he does here in the early church. doesn't last for long. It's noteworthy, okay? But, but they have it here. So they have one heart, one soul. Neither said any of them ought, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. That is so foreign to us. That's like a, I, it's, it's, it's hard to grab a hold of as an American. Your, my stuff isn't yours. My truck's not yours. My house isn't yours. It ain't, isn't ours. You know, it isn't like, it'd be like Bofars. No, it'd be like Bofars. It's just mine. But these guys said, hey, I don't have anything. We've got something. Wow. 
Can we agree this is wild? This didn't just show up any old where. This is early church. Jesus Christ has just spent the, sent the Holy Spirit of God down in Acts chapter 2, and strange stuff begins to happen. Let's just at least acknowledge it's noteworthy. Can we at least say that? It's noteworthy what they've got going on. Can, we all, can I also say it's good, even if you disagree with it? God liked it. God liked it. So man, look at them getting along down there. Look at my children getting along down there. Just sharing all their toys. Isn't that sweet when the kids get along and share? And in a mess, when, it, when I start, mine. That's a good message for Americans. A good one. Yeah. And, and none of them said that anything, that, that, that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. You'd need it <laughs> to keep that thing going. Amen. Verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Hmm. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made to every man according as he had need. I don't want to belabor it, but it's just wild what begins to go on here. Okay? It's remarkable. Verse 36, and Joseph, uh, or Hosea's or I don't know, Joseph, <laughs> who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. Well, that's who this guy is. This guy gets running around with Paul later on. Pretty good, pretty good man. Which is being interpreted the son of consolation. A Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, brought the money, laid it down the apostles' feet. Okay? So this guy's got a piece of land. He goes, he sells it, takes the whole entire thing, lays it down at the apostles' feet, says, just however we need to sort this thing out, and, you know, whoever needs. And Is that not what's going on? Okay. Okay, that's what's going on. All right. Unique, interesting, wild, impressive. And then chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Uh, I'm not big, big in Bible numerology, but five's the number of death. And the church is starting to grow. And when a tree starts to grow, it puts forth branches and starts to bloom and blossom. Anybody who knows anything about a tree go, after a season goes in there and says, well, okay, we're going to start to prune some things back. We're going to remove this and that limb. And th Hello? Okay. Because Hang on to that because we're going to go and talk about a tree. You're, you're liking, men are liking under trees. Ch church growth to a degree, I, think I, can, I don't think I'm stretching it too far. I can show you that it, it's like a tree. And trees have needs if they're going to be properly cared for in order to bring forth fruit every year. Yeah. Any orchard you go through, uh, th those guys are, are continually caring for those trees in a lot of ways. One of the ways is to remove dead branches, dead limbs, things that don't need to be there, overgrowth, that kind of thing, right? And it takes some wisdom to do that, hello? And I, think, I, I mean, the Lord likens himself, he says, I'm a husbandman. I, care, I, I, I take care of my vineyard. I'm the true vine, you are the branches, he says. If you stay in me, you bring forth fruit. If you don't, 
cast away. Just, we'll just remove it out of the way. What we're talking about today is that church, church growth is, let me use a couple of words, it's exposing. It uncovers some things. I made up a word so it could rhyme with my other word. I said, I said church growth is explosive. That'll work. It's ex- right? It's exclusive. It's explosive. It, 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 it uncovers some things. There's another word that I was going to use. We'll get to that maybe at some point. It probably offend you, and that's why I didn't use it, okay? Verse 1, chapter 5, verse 1. So all the good stuff just happened, right? Awesome, right? Great. Everybody's getting along great. And But a certain man, verse 1, named Ananias with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. Same thing the last guy did. Same thing everybody's been doing. Right? And kept back part of the price. Now you better just hold on a second because you're thinking the wrong way already, probably. Okay? Because the problem is not that he holds back part of the price. That is not the problem. The problem, the problem isn't even that he gave or didn't give. There's a different problem. There's a different reason why he gets removed. Very literally. So the church removes him? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The, the church growth is exclusive. Church pruning, that's exclusive. To who? The pastor? No, to God. Okay. Just a couple. And his wife... Uh, he kept back part of the price, and his wife being privy to it, also being privy to it, she knew about it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. There it is. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? Gulp. <laughs> right? Heart starts racing. What's the trouble? The trouble is not that he kept back part of the price. The trouble, I'm not preaching on money. Do what you want with your money. Don't tell God you're going to do one thing and do another. Don't tell God you're all in and you're not. Don't do that. Don't tell him this is all yours, Lord. And then do something else. In another place he says, you'd be better off not to say anything at all. Amen. Amen. Ananias would have made it through it just fine if he not said anything at all, not even gave the... Peter says this in just a second. No one was making anybody do anything. Do you understand? No one was telling everybody, you go sell your land and bring the price over here. They were just doing it. And somewhere along the way, Ananias said, we'll look like we're doing it, but we won't do it. We'll tell everybody that that we're in and we're of one heart and one mind with these guys? Wink, wink, babe. Okay. Look, you can lie to men. You can deceive me. You can deceive yourself. You can lie to yourself. You cannot lie to God. So I thought we were talking about church growth. Aren't we? I didn't stop talking about it. Did you stop, did you stop thinking about it? 
On to the next couple of verses. <laughs> Kept back part of the price of the land. Verse 4. Whiles it remained, was it not thine own? What did he say? That was yours. You didn't have to sell it. While you still had, no one told you to go put a for sale sign out there and sell that thing. You didn't have to. Whiles it remained, was it not your own? After and after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You could have put the whole thing in the bank if you wanted. That isn't the problem. Keep, keep your money. God doesn't need your money. I hope you get that down. Get it down in your Christian life. Oh, Drew, all they're ever talking about. God does not need your money to keep this thing going. I hope you understand that. You can get in on the blessings of God, or you could not. Was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Why did you even think this thing up? He planned this. He thought about this. He did this on purpose. He executed this on purpose. You say, you say, well, everybody would be interested in church growth. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they would. They might be interested in their own growth in other ways. Might be interested in their own personal gain. Good. It's just real quiet. Good. Let's read a little more. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. We don't get told how Peter found out. I don't know if he had MLS access. I, don't, I have no idea what he had. You know what I mean? So, so I, know what, I know what you sold it for. Right? Right? I don't know if he had Zillow or what he... I don't know what he had. I don't know. He had God. Right? However he found out, he says, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 5. Okay. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. I guess so. Right? Had a conversation with the pastor about lying to God, and he dropped dead Right there, he just dropped dead. This man just died after, after Peter asked him just a couple of questions. He just died right there. Peter didn't kill him. He just died. I, I, I think Peter was probably as surprised as, as everybody. Now, later on, he's not as surprised. He kind of knows what's going to happen. He's got an inkling. Because where's Sapphira? She's coming. She's coming. Um... He falls down and dies, all right? Verse 6, And the young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, buried him. Wow. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which bury thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, yielded up the ghost, and the young men came in, found her dead, carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. 
Wow. Wow. Having a great time in the last couple of verses of, of chapter 4. Everybody's just together. This is great. And the church started to grow, and something got exposed that was in Ananias' heart. They were, can I say this? Can I say they were living a lie? You, you can't grow in your Christian life if you want to live a lie. Can we just put it, can we just make it that simple? Let's not talk about money. Let's not talk about, you know, what, some other thing that might offend you or get you all wound up and get you all, you know, get, get, get you to the place where, you know, where you can just instantly dismiss it and say, I know, listen to him. Can I just say you can't live a lie and walk with God? You can't walk in darkness and, and walk with the one who's in the light. It's, it's exposing. Here, a lie was exposed. It just happened to do with some money. Okay? So, I want to say this. Here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the principle, all right? When, when church growth begins to happen, sometimes things got to go, and sometimes things got to come in. Some stuff has to go, and some stuff has to come in. Some ingredients have to go, some ingredients have to come out. We're baking a cake, right? Some limbs get trimmed off, some get grafted in. Doesn't the Lord do that work? He does do that work. He talks about that work. Okay, okay, all right. G- got good groundwork here. Got, got, good, got, got a couple of thoughts here out of the way. Uh, I, I, I want to I say this, all right? I have prayed personally many times. I still pray it regularly. I try to pray it as often as I can. Lord, if I am in the way of this church growing, take me out of the way. You're the pastor. Yeah, church growth isn't dependent on the pastor. Amen. Pastors get all kind of out of sorts. Happens. If I'm the reason that's preventing a church, any church, this, this is the church that I'm a pastor of, though. If I'm the reason that this church can't go forward, do one of two things, Lord. Change me, which would be wonderful. That would have been, it'd been so much better had Ananias changed his mind. Because, because when you lie to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost talks to you while you're doing it. Yeah, don't do it. Pit that feeling in your stomach, that, that voice in your heart and in your head saying, mm, don't do it, don't do this. Right? And you just go right on charging past. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to be in that place. See, a pastor can get in that place? Anybody can get in that place. Of course they can, absolutely. So, so I'd like the Lord to either, if I'm in the way, I'd like the Lord to either change me and grow me and make me different so that I'm not in the way anymore, or... I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. So he's preaching this so oddly. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. But if I'm not interested in changing and God wants me to change, I've asked him to get me out of the way. If I ever get so headstrong, Lord, that I'm in the way of Jesus Christ doing what he wants to do with his church, take me out of the way, Lord. I'm done. Put me, set me aside. Wherever you need to set me, just remove me out of the way. Brother Shemesh talks about early on in the church, 
in Australia there. And he, he came in and he took over a church. For, I, I say Brother Shemesh, some of you don't know who he is. He's, he's, a, he's a missionary now in um, Thailand. He'd been, been a missionary there for many years. Before that, he was a pastor who built the biggest independent Baptist church in Australia. But it wasn't the biggest Baptist church in Australia when he took it over. When he took it over, there was nobody there. And they offered him 300 bucks a week and said, we can guarantee it for six months. And after that, we don't even know what's going to happen. We can't guarantee anything after that. And, and uh, he takes the thing. And, <clears throat> and right away, he said, I knew there were several problems. I understood what they were. And the Lord showed me what some of the problems were. Kind of like the Lord showed Peter. Kind of like that. And so he begins to preach and he begins to teach and he begins to kind of, you know, um, do things that weren't being done, like preach the Word of God, right? And as he preaches the Word of God, not everybody loved it. Yeah, not everybody loves Bible preaching, not everybody. Uh, not everybody loved it, and so after one of the services, one of the deacons comes to him and says, well, you, you didn't pause on that song. And he's shaking hands as they go out, you know, and he was like, what? I can't do him. I'm not going to try, okay? What? What do you mean? So, yeah, you, you, there, were, there was supposed to be a pause there in that song, and you didn't pause. What's going to be next? You're going to change the Word of God? <laughs> and he's like, whoa. Kind of went from zero to 60 there pretty fast, right? So well, I'll just, I'll just tell you what, I, I, if, you, if you don't start changing things around here and go back to the old way, I'm going to leave this church. You just did. That's what he told him. You just had your last service. You're done. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know what happened with that man? You think it's going to be bad. It's not bad. <laughs> That afternoon, he came over crying, said, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, pastor. Shouldn't have took that attitude with you. He's a missionary now in Paraguay. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. It's not, they're not all sad stories. Another story that he tells about that church, it's a good one too. It's a happy ending, but these are funny. These, these, look, when, when a church begins to grow and begins to kind of, you know, there's all kind of things that goes on. You know, you're not going to tell me what to do. Okay, can God tell you what to do? Could God tell you what to do? Could God use a man to take a Bible and tell you what to do? If he can't, you can't be here. It doesn't work. He had been, there had been a lot of gossip going on. And he's, he's preaching on it. Telling the church, we've got to have some unity around here. And the, the, the disunity that has plagued this church, not this church, their church. We don't have any disunity. <laughs> they do. I really believe that. I'm not preaching. I'm preaching this because we're just here. You know, I've, I've opened up the Bible and start going through it. Really? Really? The second? So, yeah, yeah, okay. That's what we're going to do. He says, uh, I preach on it. He said, I told them. He said this. I didn't say this. I'm telling you what he said. I would never say anything like this. He actually said, I don't recommend saying this. He said, <laughs> he, pre he preached that message on, on disunity, on gossip. And he said, if you think that, I, I, if you want to try out my, my resolve in this area, 
go ahead and try me out. If you gossip in this church, you will leave this church. And if you want to try my resolve, go ahead and try me out. Somebody did that week. Somebody decided to try out his resolve and begin to gossip about and talk negatively about their church. Brother Shemesh. If you don't know Brother Shemesh, I'm sorry. He calls a deacon. Hello, brother. Yes? We're going to go over to tea. With who? Oh, the so-and-sos. How are they doing? They're fine. What are we going there to do? To tell them they're leaving. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so we go to tea, right? Hello. How are you guys? Come on in. Sit down. Let us make you a cup of tea. Yes, wonderful. We drink a cup of tea. Pastor, what are you here for? Just to let you know that you're leaving the church. <laughs> I told you it was a happy story. They began to cry. So what did we do? He said, I told you this week, I told you. We're not going to have any talk, negative talk about this church. We're not going to gossip about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. We're not going to do anything like that. And you did. <sighs> sorry. Please, please, we're sorry. Okay. They stayed their faithful members in that church for 20. They're still into this church to this day. I love those kind of stories. I don't like Ananias and Sapphira type stories. I would rather not have Ananias and Sapphira. But do you understand what we're talking about here a little bit? Okay. Let's get into it a little bit, little bit further. All right. I'm, I'm, okay. We're doing okay on time, actually. Crazy enough. Look at Philippians in chapter 3. I said things need to go out and things need to come in. Sometimes the things that need to go out are good things. And uh, I don't know any other way to, to uh, illustrate this other than to go to Philippians. And uh, you're going to pick up the, the subject matter. And I don't know how we didn't land on it yet, but maybe it's because I think it's probably the Lord. It's probably too much of me in this message and not enough him. Uh, and that's, I want him to change that, that's for sure. Now, um, Philippians in chapter 3, sometimes the things that must go out are good things. Let me say that again. Sometimes the things that must go out in order for a church to grow are good things. I'm talking about things now, not people. Okay? We, we were talking about people there earlier, right? That's the Lord's work. He does that. He may use the pastor to do it in different ways. It's wonderful when it's a happy story. It's awkward for everybody when it's not, right? Those guys got done digging that hole. I'm like, oh man, that was hard work. Another one. But sometimes what, what the Lord's dealing with you on, because I said this last week, and I'll keep saying it as we go through, church growth doesn't happen unless individual growth happens. And sometimes the things that need to go out are things that are personal to your life, and they might be good things. And I'll go ahead and put quotes, good things. What kind of good things would need to go out in, in, in order for me to grow? I don't know, but the Lord will show them to you. Uh, you've, you've heard the saying, one man's trash is, is another man's treasure, right? Yeah, I think more biblical principle, at least in this case, the point we're trying to make here, one man's treasure is another man's trash. One, one, one man's, the world's treasure 
might be the Lord's trash. As a matter of fact, that's exactly how he says it. He says, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The things that the world and that maybe you, if you think like the world, make a big deal about and esteem highly and put way up high, like education, we're going to talk about that, like stuff, like money, yeah, is an abomination in the sight of God. Alrighty. Philippians in chapter 2. Is that what I said? Three. It's three is what we need. Three. Not two. Um, look at verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Got confidence in the flesh? Trust your money? Trust your education? Trust your good works. That's the flesh, you know. You understand that, right? We have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. That's a wild way to say something. That's an incredibly arrogant statement if it isn't true. Paul's, Paul basically said this, do you think that you have wherewithal to, to, to trust in the flesh? I do more than you. You think you're a good fella? I'm better than you. I didn't say that. He said that. I just said it in a different way. <laughs> he said it in a way only he can. He said, uh, uh, though, though, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, verse 4, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Now, none of these things mean anything to you, but to the circumcision and to those who, whom he was speaking, it meant a great deal. Now, the things aren't, are, that those, those don't amount to anything. Okay? Because what we're talking about is when we get comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, and when we get talking about, I want to grow with the Lord, the Lord might just put his finger on something and say, I want that. Just, just let that go. Just. So I spent all kind of time on this. Yeah, he spent his whole entire life on some of these things. Paul did. Dedicated his whole life to some of these things. Sat under the feet of Gamaliel. He says, uh, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, in Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. That, that means a very religious man. Concerning zeal, I mean, call my zeal into question. I was so, I was so zealous about what I believed, persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Touching the righteousness which is in the law. He said, I, I kept every single rule. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but that I may win Christ. That's a very interesting way to put things. He could have said a lot of things there, I guess. 
but he uses a word that draws a pretty plain picture of his estimation of the things. Now, we don't have dunghills. That's not a thing anymore. Thank God. There was a time when there was not a sewer system. Yeah. Can, can we just go? We're, we're, we are going to talk plain, whether you want to talk plain or not. Amen. They knew exactly what he was talking about. Because every day, they would walk by what was called the dung hill. They, they would walk by that. It wasn't just... I know, I know, I know. Like I said, you hear the craziest things out of this pulpit. It wasn't just what we're... There was all kinds of things in there. Organic matter. And they would use that dung for other things. Like their trees. Like their fields. Right? So Paul looks at some things in his life and he says... There's this, and there's this. This is his degrees. This is his education. This is his background. This is who he is. This is all the this is all the things he's worked for. He says, "Man, heap all them things up and throw them in the dung pile, because I'd rather win Christ." Now, that's not. I don't know if that's your estimation of life. I, I don't know, but that was his. That I may win Christ. Can I say that I might grow with him, and in him, and know him better? That's what he. That's he, that's what he talks about in the context of this thing. And he says there's some things that needed to go out. They were good things. All the things mentioned there are good things. Right? They were good things. The world would say, I mean, especially the Pharisees and the, and the religious crowd of the day would have said, you're throwing away good things. One man's treasure is another man's trash. Right? Bible always turns it around. Now come with me and go to the book of Luke. And let's talk about this. Some things must go out in order for church growth to happen? And they did. They did in the early church there, didn't they? They didn't in the case of Brother Shemish's church. He had to get some things out. It didn't end up being people that had to go out. Praise the Lord. But it was things that were in their heart that had to get thrown out, and they had to throw them out. He couldn't throw them out for them. But the Lord used him to show them, this right here, that's got to go. This pride, this arrogancy... That's gotta, it's got to go. If it doesn't go, we can't go forward. Okay, okay preacher, I'm going to take it, my pride, grab it myself, and pitch it out myself right into the dunghill because it's not worth anything. I'm sorry, can we move forward? Of course we can move forward. That was the thing that was keeping us from moving forward. The Lord comes to you about something in your life and says, I want that thing to go. Say, I'm nothing doing. I ain't moving it. Okay, have it, have it your way. Have it your way. We're not going forward until you decide that you're going to be in agreement with God about this thing. Say, I want to go. Grow. Good. Something's probably got to go in the dunghill. If I know anything about the Lord, something's probably got to go. Might be a good thing. Might be a good thing. Good, a good thing in your estimation, a good thing in the world's estimation, a good thing by, I don't know what kind of measure you might measure it by, but by some kind of a measurement, these were good things. Not by Paul's. Not by the Lord's. He said, I don't know where they belong. They belong right down the road, right down to that pile where we put all of this kind of stuff. It's a shocking statement, is it not? Really? Okay. Did we get to Luke? Okay, so some things had to go out. Now, some things have to come in. It's very interesting. 
Just get a enlightening education here is what we get. Some things have to come in. I said church growth is exposing. Did I not? Is that what we said? Okay. What does it expose, preacher? I, 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 we were here not too long ago, but read a couple of verses with me. Look at Matt, uh, Luke chapter 13. Sorry. Look at verse 6. Luke 13. I'm trying to kind of put a bow on this, and it won't be a bow. It will be a, <laughs> will be a period or something. I don't know. It'll be a... We'll just close it. <laughs> and he spake this parable. A certain man had a... What? Fig tree. The guy's got a fig tree. Planted a vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these, th- these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Fair enough. Good question, right? Three years? Three years? Three years, no fruit. What's the point of having it around? If this church goes three years without any fruit, without any growth, cut her down. Cut her down. Let's wrap it up. Go watch a movie. Go, go, go play video games or whatever people like to do these days. Go chase money. At least do something worth doing in this life, right? Really? I really actually mean that. You might think I don't. I mean it with all of my heart. Three years, if the, if the Lord comes by Open Door Baptist Church, three years and nothing's happening at all, why cumbereth it the ground? He says, cut it down. The Lord said, cut it down. The Lord of the vineyard, right? These three, okay. And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. Let it alone this year also. Till I shall, what? Dig about it. I said church growth, church growth is exposive. I, that, that's the word I made up. It's exposing. When you dig about a tree, what are we trying to get down to? We're trying to get down to the roots. We're trying to get down to the things that nobody can really see. Something, what's going on up above is being caused by a problem that's below the surface. It's in the heart. It's down in the, it's, we say getting, let's get to the root of the matter, right? Okay, if we're going to grow, and, and if we haven't really been like we should, any of us, individually or corporately, however you want to measure it, right? The Lord says, okay, we've got to uncover some things. We've got to unearth some things. Mm-hmm. So he says, let's dig about it. And then we're going to put something in there. When we get it dug up and when we get it exposed, we're going to put something in there. Because if a church is going to grow, something's got to go out. And something's got to come in. So I want to grow, Lord. I really want to grow. I want to grow with you, Father. I want to grow in my walk, Lord. I'd like to see this church grow. Special delivery. Beep, 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 beep. What do we got? Oh, it's a load. It's a full load of blessings, right? God's just going to bless you. Is that what's in the passage? He said, let's dig about that thing. Let's get the roots exposed. Let's get, it. Let's get some dirt turned over, and then let's put some dung in there. Great. 
in California. The pines are here. They're from, they're from California. They know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, you've never experienced it. In, in late summer, man, the peaches and, all the, and the apricots and all the orchards will get, will get getting real ripe. And there's a smell. It's heavenly. You can't hardly describe it. You just roll your windows down, just take that in, man. Those, that, 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 that ripe orchard, those ripe vineyards, they'll just produce an aroma that just take you, just to kind of take you away. I'll tell you another aroma that'll take you away. <laughs> and that's the aroma that comes in the spring when they're fertilizing. When they're doing the work necessary to experience the growth that they'd like to see. And if you've never experienced that, well, you haven't lived. <laughs> Nobody rolling the window down for it. You, you, you should, you're figuring, trying to figure everything out. Does this car have a button that stops the air from blowing in? I, I, chicken manure? There's nothing like chicken manure. <sighs> hmm. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Say, well, I just want just the, the beautiful smell. Doesn't work that way, does it? Doesn't work that way in this life, does it? So I don't want this here. No, that's there. It's doing a work. We had to uncover some stuff and expose some things, and some things had to go into your life so that God could bring something forth. Say, so what are we talking about? I thought we were talking about church growth. Aren't we still? Aren't we just using the Lord's illustration? I'm not, I'm not trying to stretch anything or take anything. or, be, or be, I'm not trying to be grotesque. Please, please forgive me. All right? I'm just talking about dung. Paul says, I took this. I counted it, but dung. The Lord says, I know what it needs. I know what it needs. I know what it needs. It needs, it needs, to, it needs to be unearthed. And, and we need to do some digging around in here, get to the root of the matter. And when we get in there, we get down to the root of the matter, we have it good and exposed, we're going to get a nice shovel full from the same place where somebody was throwing stuff, and we're going to put it in here. And when we do that, no one will like it, no one will enjoy it. It's so funny, you know, I was, we were talking to Brother Noah the other day, we were joking, and he was talking about growing up and having to change something. Are we, are we okay? No, I'm okay. He's a preacher, he'll, he'll get me back. He says, uh, you know, I grew up and how to change diapers. He says, I, I hate, can I say the word? I hate poop. You know, I hate it. Well, who doesn't hate it? You know what I mean? He says, well, I hate it in a special way. You know, he's, I just, I just almost throw up, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much like the rest of us too, you know? And when, you know what, you know what happens in life sometimes? You just get around some things and especially in a church that you just can't even believe. I can't believe what went on there with Ananias and Sapphira. I wish nobody had to see that. Amen? I'm going to show you in just a second. It had, to happen. it had to happen for the church to grow. That church, that had to happen in that church for that church to grow. Nobody likes it. No one enjoys it. It's not, in, it's not an enjoyable thing. But it's the thing. Verse 9, and if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Do you know what that tells me? That there's a degree of how you respond to what the Lord does in your life that tells whether or not you're actually going to bear fruit. Because it's not automatic. 
Did you get that? He implied that we could dig about it, and we could dung it, and nothing could happen. It would just be dug about and dunged with no fruit. Well, I can't really imagine a worse outcome for a Christian. I can't really imagine a worse thing. Like if the Lord goes ahead and takes an interest in your life, so much so that he begins to dig around in there, stir up all your roots, maybe even pull you up. That's what they do with those bonsai trees. They pull, you, they pull them up and cut all the roots off and stick them back in the pot with the dung. Sometimes nothing happens. You say, what makes the difference? I don't know. I think it has something to do with the tree and how it responds to what the Lord's doing in its life. It does help to understand what the Lord's doing so that we can respond properly. Amen. Does it not? I just don't know why this is happening. That's happening. This thing. And, the, and then this is here. I think I know. I think I know. Do you think you might know? Okay. Say so you got, I got some things going on in my life right now. Okay. What are they? Like the Lord digging around in some things? Pulling up, pulling you up by the roots a little bit there? Is that kind of happening in your life at all? So well, there's this thing, it's, I hate this thing. It's awful. It stinks. I, I, if I could pitch this thing, I'd pitch it. I'd pitch it right in the dunghill if I could pitch it somewhere. Hmm. I wonder if he put it there. Are, are we? Uh, yeah? Okay, I think we do. Got, I think we got a real good hold of it is I think what we got. Now, two, two, two places and we'll close, okay? Go to Proverbs chapter 14 and then go to Ezekiel chapter 4. Proverbs 14, and we're done. We're done. Proverbs chapter 14. I said some things have to go out and some things have to come in. Do I not? Do I not? Yep. I, think, I honestly, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to just... I didn't get myself into too much trouble. Could have, as we kind of wandered through there, I could have. But I think we conveyed the point without getting too out of line. We still do got to make our way through Ezekiel, and that's going to be interesting. But Proverbs chapter 14, and notice verse 4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the what? Okay. Did the ox make a big mess with his toys? Is that how come his crib isn't clean? Did he not make his bed? Right? Did he leave all his paperwork all over the desk? How did the ox what's what how did the ox get his crib messy? And who's gonna remedy it? <laughs> right? We're not keepers of oxen, so we're so far removed from these things, we just don't get it. Some of you have a dog, so you kind of get it. But that dog ain't doing anything. Sorry. Hey man. I mean he brings joy and easier emotional support animal or whatever. Okay. All right, you need it. <laughs> You're going to really. 
Much increases by the strength of the ox. What makes, what makes the mess? The ox makes the mess. What does he do? He dungs it. He dungs the crib. And then somebody comes in and goes, Wow! Okay. Can't leave this here. I like what the ox has been doing out in the field, but he, now he did this. He does both. He does that, and he does this. So I want just only what the ox does out there in the field. Doesn't work that way. I'd like him to do what he does there, out there. Doesn't work that way. Sometimes he does it right here. Your only option is to get rid of the ox and have no increase. Does that make sense? So I don't want this in my life. That's not the... Right? Now let me say this. We're going to close with this. This is going to be wild. <laughs> Sometimes it's not just an ox. Sometimes you've got to deal with other people. Look at Ezekiel chapter 4. Oh, can we go over here and close? Would that be all right? You say, yeah, anything to, do, anything to do with closing would be all right. <laughs> that would be good. Ezekiel chapter 4. Uh, if you go down the good food store, you can get yourself some Ezekiel bread. Ezekiel bread. They sell it. Ezekiel bread. Mmm. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Mmm, mmm, It's organic, right? Not biblical, thank God. Right? Because most people don't know what Ezekiel bread is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it is. The recipe's simple. Verse 9. Take thou unto thee wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, fitches, and put them in a vessel, and make thee bread thereof. Perfect. There's Ezekiel bread right there. Right? Yeah. According to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon thy side, 390 days. And he's given, it, he's given the preacher some instructions. And he says, um, and thy meat which thou shalt eat. I'm in verse 10. You there with me? Okay. Shall be by weight twenty shekels a day from time to time thou shalt eat of it. Uh, thou shalt drink also water by measure the sixth part of an hin from time to time thou shalt drink. And thou shalt eat it as uh, barley cakes. And thou shalt bake it with the dung that cometh out of a man in their sight. And the Lord said even... Do what? Because I got the first part. Millet, beans, right? I got a cup of this, grind that, put that in there. And then water. Drink it. I'm going to have some water. I felt like, what did you just say? This is God talking to his prophet. The children of Israel are in an absolute mess. They're going to head into a famine, and they have not been doing what the Lord wants them to do at all. And Ezekiel gets to be the illustration. Now, now again, like I, look, I'm not sure. It looks to me like it's... Not, it looks to me like bake it, like, like take this dried and... This is what you're going to use to burn and, and bake the bread over. Sorry, I'm trying not to be too... Do you understand? 
it doesn't matter <laughs> which way it's involved. This is in the instructions, and, and it's like, within their sight, and the Lord said, even thus shall the children of Israel eat their defiled bread among the Gentiles, whither I will drive them. Then said I, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, 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 uh, um, then said I, ah, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord God, you know, I've been on a clean diet. I've been eating clean lately. Um, that's just, there's a, I just no sugar and try to just real keep things. You know, you do bacon in the morning, and we just, we're eating clean. That's what we been doing, Lord. And on, man dung's not on the list. <laughs> Can't do it. It's not on there. Don't worry. Gave you cow's dung for man's dung. Good. <laughs> Good, because that'll do. That'll do. Honestly, that, I'll be okay with that. I'm not even sure all the way to un- uh, how to unpack this all together, but there's going to be some things that are going to show up in your life from other people that you're going to have to deal with, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And it's just going to, it's just going to be, you say, what is it, sin? Sin? It's these men's sin, that's why this shows up here this way. That's why it shows up this way. had a friend close with this story. You're not going to like it, but it'll be funny, kind of. had a friend. <laughs> We're all in the parking lot in the, at high school, and, and uh, the horses had come through, and a dare came about. I dare you to put that on a sandwich and take a bite. Mark Gardner, he, there, there's nobody crazier than him. There's nobody, there's nobody, nobody, especially after this. For $100, for $100, took a bite. Took a bite. So you saw, I saw, I saw it with my own eyes. Saw my own eyes. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. <laughs> I don't know how to put a bow on this thing, okay? Some of the things that are going to come into your life and some of the things that the Lord's going to throw on your plate, you're going to say, anything but this. And the Lord may have some grace and say, okay, fine, not, not this, but this. And that's where I draw the line. Say, well, okay, fine, if that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do. I'd like the church to grow. Some things got to go out. Some things may be put in. They may come into your life. They may be distasteful. There may be things that, that you say, oh, I, I think they belong over there. And the Lord says it belongs right here, right here. And there may be some things that you say, I really like those things to stay right here. And the Lord says, I want them to go right over there, right over there. You go put them over there, not me. I'm not going to do it for you. You do it. Let's pray. Father, oh, <laughs> ah, ah, Lord God.